Hey folks, we are going live. I have to check this screen here on Telegram if it's going to start working. So we're going to see is too because we are about to have a quick unscheduled date followed by the party going on at Costa. Is this and let's uh let's check it out da, 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 da. i know i said i was going to do a quick unscheduled hey there it is Seems to be up there. It is really bad connection. Okay, that tells me I need to switch. Let's see what we can do here. Maybe. See if this makes it any better. We're going to verify that that stream is actually working. Join it myself and see. Hey. Okay. That seems to be working. Right, let me close the telegram. I'm having tech time with Josh here. So we're going to leave that and then, hey, look, that looks better. So uh, while I've got you all here and we are hanging out, we're going to go ahead and try to switch my stuff around and see if my streams will actually work correctly. If I edit my sources here, let's see. We're going to kill the telegram there and see if we can go ahead and add this to YouTube as well. And while we do that, we will go ahead and do our update. Let's see if it drops and it'll tell me if that's the uh, if that's the reason. And I will bet you that it comes back. All right, maybe, possibly. Sorry about all the technical fun stuff here, guys. I am checking on my junk. Let's see. It looks like it froze up pretty good. So that very well may be because of this. Let's see. It may just be that the other service I was using for stuff like this doesn't want to push things to Telegram anymore, which tells me I need to change up how I'm doing it. And that would appear to be the case. So we're going to switch youtube over to that we are going to take that off of here and we are going to stream from telegram directly not telegram pardon me stream yard directly over and uh for any of you folks who might be listening to the audio side of this in another day or two i am going to go ahead and uh you know remove all this chaos yes we will go ahead and delete that on youtube and add telegram back to the mix 
And we should hopefully be live everywhere. If somebody uh, can check on float or something, that would be awesome. So that said, now that we are a few minutes behind and hopefully uh, taking care of some of my, my issues here, let me double check my live stream before I say that again on my phone Sorry about the notifications there. Maybe that'll kick in. Maybe it won't. We will find out. But either way, let us go ahead. And let's see here. We're going to come back, leave, come back. Looks like it's taking a while to pick up, but that's okay. Anyways, folks, here we go. Here. Maybe. Okay. The Liberty Meat Solutions podcast is all about food freedom and finding ways to provide to you and your family outside of the system, how to raise and process your own meat and not rely on others to do so. Thanks for listening, and we hope that you enjoy. Anyways, folks, sorry about all the technical fun stuff there. Uh, and I don't know if that Telegram thing got fixed or not yet, but it tells me a little bit about what I need to fiddle with. Uh, long time no see. Sorry, it's been a crazy, crazy couple of, I don't even know what the heck to call it. So uh, I think the last time I did any kind of content or update at all was on Saturday. Uh, that's when I had Nate and Aaron interviewed. Great interview with those guys hanging out Saturday morning uh, before I went and... Uh, got some stuff done and then had uh, one heck of a day after that. So go check out that episode. Last episode on here was a, uh, it was a good time. Good time uh, hanging out with those guys. As you see, we have been getting in some of the merch here. We've been trying right there and yeah, check out that banner. We've updated the artwork a little bit. So this was a prototype. Got some other fun stuff in here. Koozies. Yeah, that's right. And I've even got a bonus. So I don't know if you can see, he's got the logo on the bottom. Pretty cool. Um, anyway, hopefully my data connection is good enough here to actually be, you know, consumable. And I'll check that when I get done here and we'll see how uh, good, bad or ugly it is and whether or not it uh, warrants me actually appearing on the uh, the after party here in a bit. Um, anyway, as I alluded to, Saturday had the interview with Nate and Aaron, went out, uh, had some an order to get together and everything for a guy and uh, another customer to meet. Go out to the little shop where I'm doing all this work at about 30 mile drive, but it's a nice drive. And uh, get done, wrap everything up a lot earlier than I expected. The guy showed up on time. I got to that point where I'm like, oh, there's nothing really pressing for me to do here. And I've been in my spare time working on some stuff in the yard. Uh, terrible with the gardening, terrible with all that and keeping up with it. So I have been trying this year to catch my stuff back up together. I put together a huge, I want to almost call it a, a wicking raised bed and I mean a wicking, a wicking bed. It's more of a wicking pot. It's huge. It's a 55 gallon barrel that, oh, sorry about let me turn my notifications on my phone off, but, uh, it's, it's huge. It's a monster. Hold on. Yeah. I see Rachel says I'm kind of crackly. Uh, hopefully that catches up. We're going to see, I don't know, but we will find out. Let me try to keep my, uh, chat open here on my phone, but turn my notification sound off. That way I can pay attention. Um, it, there is a little bit of a lag. So let's see. Are you watching me, Rachel on, uh, YouTube or telegram or where is it streaming to? I've been having some, uh, issues with my telegram, uh, uploads. So anyway, let me know about that. 
So anyways, um, ended up leaving early and uh, on my way over to, long story short, work on these ponds, raised beds type thing, whatnot. Uh, I've got some algae issues, so I thought I want to try to pick up some uh, water hyacinth. I've used them in the past for that same sort of uh, situation. And uh, there's a local uh, lake that's got a ton of them. They overgrow out there. And I was like, I can go, go just snag a few. Nobody's going to care. And I'm on my way out that way. And all of a sudden, doo -doo -doo -doo, this little shitty car I'm driving, the belt blows. Well, I've been having some problems with it off and on. Uh, it's been, uh, oh, you're listening on Telegram. All right. So it did kick back in. Gotcha. Well, hopefully the uh, it improves here. I need to go get a cable and I might just hard line to my phone before the after party and see if, if that's terrible, I'll just bow out. But uh, my data connection has been awful. I've been stuck at the house and it seems like ever since I think school's been out for the summer, there's just no data speed out here at all. I think the local towers must just be overwhelmed. But anyways, long story short, blue belt in this car. Uh, on my way to the nearest town, not too far out, but uh, I was like, oh shit, let me go find this belt if i shut this thing off it's probably not gonna fire back up so let's get going roll into this town there's a napa auto parts little hole in the wall town they're apparently closed on the weekend oh good it's not terrible awesome you think it might be connection or do you think it's a microphone issue because i can adjust either or if i'm too loud or something anyway um just talking to rachel over here on telegram thanks for watching anybody who is watching uh as you can tell i'm a little bit out of sorts from <laughs> the week i've had well Get over there. This Napa is closed. Like, what the heck? Closest town's Huntsville. I'm 10, 15 minutes away. I'm like, back roads. I'm rolling. I mean, I'm rolling through everything I can roll through and just trying to get there without stopping. And I'm watching the temperature gauge. Things getting warmer than I like, but I got to get there. If I'm, I'm going to be stuck. I'm going to have to try to call somebody and beg for a belt or something, you know? I got there. Get a belt. Vehicle's hot. I pushed it a little bit too hard. Pretty sure I cracked the head gasket. And I uh, didn't realize that until after I finished the other issues. Had some electrical problems in the meantime. I should have disconnected the battery cable before I went. You don't think about doing that before you change a belt. But I tapped the alternator against the frame enough. It popped a main fuse. And that was a pain in the butt because these Toyotas, they put a main fuse mounted directly on the battery terminal. And uh, it's not a fuse you can change. It's a fuse that is... Uh, Oh, I thank you, Rachel. Yes, I that I, I could probably. So this fuse is uh, a part of this whole assembly. They can't get one until the next day. I was like, Fuck that. I went and spent probably way too much on electrical. Parts. I didn't have all my tools with me. So I'm at the auto parts store. I buy what I need to bypass this freaking fuse. Get it all going. Get it fired up. Get everything adjusted. Had a, some guy helping me and everything, too. And, you know, get it going get it moving down the road. And I'm like, Oh shit. She's running like shit. Blowing white smoke. Fuck, pull it over. Temperature's getting up there. I'm like, son of a bitch. Pop the hood. Sure enough, there's bubbling sitting there in the exhaust. I'm like, I cracked the damn head gasket. So at this point I'm exasperated. This car's not worth fixing a head gasket, but it's also one that has been lent to me. So I need to fix this car. You know, it's one of those. Uh, so I've been working on it. Um, I've been trying to fix the head gasket with some of the, you know, head gasket sealer type stuff because I am not mechanically inclined enough to go in and break this whole thing down and do a head gasket change myself. And from the amount of expenditure and time and everything, looking at it, it's not going to happen. But at the same time, this has been my one vehicle 
like I currently am dealing with I, my, my work vehicle is down. It's needs some serious repairs and it's out of inspection and everything like that. And I'm talking, I need like a windshield that was hit by, it was clipped by a tanker truck. So it's down and not here. Um, I got this thing towed home. Thankfully, I know a tow truck driver who gave me a great deal. Told me about 15 miles for 80 bucks parked where I needed it. And I've been ordering parts on Amazon and trying to work on this now. So I've missed, I've got a travel job I was supposed to go do on Monday, Tuesday. And uh, thanks for the guys being very patient. And he's been waiting on me as I'm trying to get this thing fixed because I'm in a point of rock at a hard place here. Uh, I was trying to borrow a buddy's vehicle. Their vehicle's acting up too. They've been driving it just around town because they think the engine's about to go. Uh, so you know anybody in the Huntsville area that has a, a vehicle I can borrow, let me know. But in the meantime, I've got something coming. It's probably going to be Tuesday. I should be able to have something rolling. Another you know cheap, look good on gas travel vehicle that is going to be brought here. But I'm trying to get this thing going too. So all of my spare time has been going in trying to figure out all of the problems with this. What else I need to fix? Get all the parts ordered. Get everything here. In the midst of this, I figured out I've also got a bad water pump. Um, it's just not uh, running efficiently. I got uh, if I just put water in there, the head gasket leak is not bad enough that I probably I could probably manage to uh, drive it lightly locally and keep adding fluids. But uh, it's, it's heating up. It's redlining really, really easily. I thought maybe the uh, thermostat wasn't opening and closing, took it out and tested it. I've got another thermostat. I'm going to go ahead and replace it with once I'm done. I put another bottle of the sealant in there. So hopefully everybody's fingers crossed this second bottle I put in my last preliminary check. I don't see any more exhaust coming through the coolant system. So hopefully, I'm really hoping that that sealed up the head gasket for now and that I can just change this water pump in the morning. It's too late to mess with it tonight. The engine's hot now, so I'm not doing it. Uh, I'm going to try to change that first thing in the morning. Go ahead, get fresh fluid and everything in there, and uh, we're going to see if I've got to add another bottle of this stuff to reinforce it. So be it. But uh, it's pretty cool stuff. It's basically like sodium silicate or or basically turns into liquid glass. Um it, if there's a leak in that head gasket, it flows through that system. And as soon as it hits that hot exhaust, it basically liquefies. And then between the heat and the cold cycles that you run the engine through, uh, hardens that uh, that sand into glass and basically packs in and fills in the cracks in that gasket. So hopefully, hopefully it's not a warped head. I don't know. It would honestly probably be less headache to just replace the whole motor in this thing. And I still be on me, but, you know, not making any money while I sit on my ass here. So... <laughs> Uh, I have had a little bit of downtime to work on shop and stuff like that. Um, have had some good news and things come in as well. Uh, it's been a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I've been trying to keep up with everybody's live streams, everybody's podcasts. I know Brian over the Lots Project, they've been getting everything going and they've uh, headed down the road. They're on their way to the Self-Reliance Festival. I wish them a safe travels and uh, hopefully everything goes really well there for them. And they meet lots and lots of people. And uh, it's just totally awesome. I know Brian was uh, just talking earlier today, uh, Brian uh, Norton over there at Food Forest Farms. And I need to uh, talk to him. I'm going to try to switch up and pay him with crypto for my coffee club. Uh, we're going to, if he hasn't said anything to me before then, I'll uh, I'll get with him tonight at the uh, after party and rib him, check your email, but uh, your telegram. But anyway, uh, we're going to get him all set up. Uh, he's got everything going on after Squatch Fest. I know he's getting ready to do some more festivals and stuff and everybody's just got their own lives and it's crazy trying to keep up with everything right now. So I need to get more content hammered out more, something 
useful and topical and constructive on here. We've had some really good interviews. Uh, we're going to hopefully have some more good interviews coming up. I've got a couple of people uh, that uh, were interested in being interviewed, but I need to schedule with them. One might be an in-person interview. I need to figure out the vehicle situation before then. So hopefully we'll get that all up and rolling and taken care of. And I get caught back up on my regular work as well. So thankfully I've got great customers. Everybody's been patient. Everybody's been understanding. It's just been extremely frustrating. So, but on the good news side, uh, June is going to be really big. Uh, first of all, we're still working on the seasoning type thing. I've been in communication with them. They've kind of hit that time of the year where they're out of their busy season. So one person after the other, they're cycling through their vacations. So I've been dealing with a couple different folks there and uh, they they're saying by next week, they should be able to hopefully have an answer back with me on, on some of these seasoning blends, I should be able to get a test sample, work it out, get it all. I've got time to go back and forth with them and get it exactly how I want it. We're not going to produce this until it's exactly what I would use. It is, in fact, instead of taking and buying another seasoning blend or hand doing all the seasoning blend and dressing it all up and weighing it all out myself, when it comes to deer season this year, I'm going to be taking basically uh, my own seasoning blend as is. And if I need to dress it up because a customer's request, great, but I won't have to do near as much work because I'll have it on hand. And if a customer really likes it, if they want to do their own, I can offer that for sale. And I'll be doing that online probably mostly, but you know, it's going to be nice to have that. So this is going to be something that I use extensively. I've got other butchers interested in buying it for me from bulk. So it's got to be right before I produce it. So uh, we're going to get that done. Uh, we're still trying to do the pre-launch funding type thing. And uh, the bit up, uh, I have not put my time into marketing that the way I'd like to, but I think some things coming up are going to be really big towards that. We're going to start getting some more exposure on some things. Uh, I'm going to cover that in a bit here and uh, maybe I'll save that towards the tail end. I don't know. I have got to remember. So I may as well get it off my mind. I'm doing this all unscripted. I just decided I've got the time. I'm going to squeeze it in here before the after party. So uh, that's, uh, that's coming up on that line with the, uh, with the whole renegade butcher line of things, I've been putting a bunch into getting the merch together when I have the time while I'm waiting on the car to cool down and, whoop, and I can't have research or I, you know, can't really do anything. I've been sitting down trying to pound out some of that web work, get it done. And, uh, you know, I've, I've wanted to do some content too, but I've mostly been hot, sweaty, and I probably smelled so bad. You could smell me through the video. Uh, it's been about 95 degrees out here and I'm working in direct sun most of the time. So it's been a joy. Uh, but for that merch that we've been putting together, we've got some really cool stuff. I've got a bunch of items that haven't synced up to the shop yet. I've got to go through and update my subscription or the my descriptions and uh, get all that ready to go. Hopefully, it'll be done in the next day or two. Uh, just sort of like the audio side of this after the after party and me heat cycling this vehicle. It'll probably be this evening or tomorrow before it all ends up on the audio side for this but I figure you guys all at least deserve an update on what I have going on. On to the bigger news though. Um, I think we're going to add a membership option or rather, uh, I don't want to say option. I think it's going to be the better deal to the uh, renegade butcher type thing. You of course could buy merch and help support things. Now you can pre-buy the sausage seasoning for once it gets produced, you'll be one of the first people off the line to get it. But I'm also going to add three different tiers of memberships as well, that if you're interested in this and you like what we're doing, you want to support it, you want to keep it going, it's it's a good option. Um, I've got one that 25 a year is basically the bottom tier. 
you just want to kind of support things. It's a membership, but it gets you your choice. One package of seasoning shipped to you at your door as part of the whole shebang. But on top of that too, you get 10% discount on everything. Merch, sausage seasoning, anything else you want to upgrade to in the future. If you decide you want to, while it's still open, upgrade to a higher you know, membership package, I'll give you that 10% off that too. Uh, if the stuff's not all synced up in the shopping cart yet, I mean, we'll make it work. We'll make sure you get your discount. Um, it's a, that's on anything. That's a 10, 25 a year. And of course, uh, with that, you also get kind of the insider type thing. If I've got new stuff coming up, your first dibs on anything that's coming out. Uh, I probably have special um, merch that's available only to people who are subscribers of that. And if there's anything else that comes down the pipe later on supporting the podcast or whatnot, that I get a discount offered, uh, like, like a partnership type thing where I can offer a discount to you for somebody else's stuff. I don't want to speak too soon, but maybe that could happen. Um, I would roll that into to those memberships. Now, there's also a $50 a year, and that would give you the similar, uh, all the same things as that previous tier, but you get up to two per year, your choice, and, uh, well, 20 or 15% off, pardon me, 15% off, plus uh, probably option of being on things, like stuff like that, you know, a little bit more cookies than the previous uh, level. But of course, there's going to be the uh, the Renegade Life. There's the, the MVP. There's the uh, you know the VIP package that you could get. Uh, and I'll only be offering probably. I'm going to start out only offering 100 of these. That's it. That's done. No more, unless things grow enough that it makes sense to offer another level of this. Um, but it will still be exclusive. That initial 100 dollars lifetime membership to it. You get two packages of spider. You get 20% off everything for life. These things that you want to buy, um, any kind of merchandise, access to a special like level of shop with just merchandise. It's only for the original uh, MVPs, the OGs. They really want to kind of kick this off and support that. So that's going to be an exclusive deal and that it'll be a lifetime membership. I might NFT it. I don't know if it's worth the trouble or not, but as a lifetime membership, you could pass it to your heirs. You could sell the membership if it's worth more to you later on, but uh, that's, that's a hundred dollars and that's more cookies than the $50 a year uh, membership, but it's for life. So, you know, and of course, anything special that comes off the line, you probably get access to stuff that we don't even offer other people for sale yet. If there's something that comes up and it's like, let's test this batch out, y'all would be the ones that would be getting those test batches, you know, things like that. You would be the ones with with rights on things like that to vote those type things. Uh, you know, I might put out like a poll of, hey, I've got five different options. What should we produce next? It's going to be exclusively to those folks. And later on, if we do decide to offer a similar add-on, well, it will, those... 100 will have an exclusive. You've got a membership number. You are part of the 100 and that's your thing. You are the OGs. Nobody, no other membership or lifetime membership down the line will ever compete with what, uh, what that will offer. So that's something I'm throwing out there. Let me know you guys, what you guys think about it. If there should be any adjustments or anything to it. If you want to sign up for that, message me first right now because I'm still playing with how that's all going to interact with the shopping side of the website and everything like that. Getting it all to work. Uh, I can't get the Lightning stuff to sync up with that yet. It wants to use different payment platforms. It's it's a little bit hinky, but I'm working it out. It just takes time. And once I get this vehicle stuff together, I'm not going to have a lot of time. So 
it is what it is. In other huge news, um, I don't even know if I should announce this on the podcast yet, but I'm going to. Uh, we've got some big interviews coming up here this month, not from not on the podcast, but interviewing me. Like I've had some great interviews here recently. I've had, uh, you know, Brian there at the Lots Project. That was a great interview. Brian Norton. We've had some great interviews going on there. I've been on the after party hanging out with these dudes and uh, it's it's been sweet. But shockingly, um, and it's it's way quicker than I expected. And thank you guys for, for having me on. I am honored. I'm still a little bit flabbergasted and flabbergasted, flabbergasted. Yes, that is how you say it. Uh, but I'm going to be on the survival podcast. I'm, I'm going to be interviewed by Jack. Uh, I think the 22nd is the date. And if that changes, I'll let y'all know. Uh, and I'll, uh, I'll announce that a little bit more heavily coming up to it. I'm still kind of like, wow, that's like, that's going to happen. You know, it's still sinking in. So that's going to be huge. Um, but then also, uh, also huge, the 26th, uh, just around the corner from there, four days later, um, uh, I guess Jack gets to be my practice run for that. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to be on, uh, Toolman Tim's podcast as well. So that's going to be great. So I've got a bunch lined up there and I'm thinking getting out there on those. And, uh, you know, that is, that might really kick things off with the seasoning too, because I'm going to announce that. So I'm just saying guys, if you are interested in this, uh, this lifetime membership type thing, I can only offer so much of that that might blow up. So if that's something you're interested in, get with me, let me know. We'll figure it out. We'll make sure we don't get you left out. Um, I want to make sure I take care of everybody who's been here support and everything. So I have no air conditioning in this room, but it's the better room for sound. So got the fan on, pardon the sweat. Um, but anyway, that's exciting. Uh, and I really want to make sure that uh, everything works out well. As you can tell, my data connection and my setup is not the greatest here, uh, especially at the house. So nearby city, I actually have uh, taken care of. I've got a space there with uh, stable Wi-Fi. Uh, and a clean office room that I'm going to use for the podcast. So hopefully, cross your fingers, everything uh, goes well for it, and I'll be able to set up and have a good, solid quality data connection. And I went ahead, and it's not, uh, uh, you know, Blue Yeti type uh, quality or whatnot, but uh, I went and got ordered a quality microphone and headset and everything so I can hopefully get some good audio to put out there. I feel if I'm going to put it out in front of a quarter million people, I need to make sure I've... I'm on my game tech technologically. So hopefully it'll be a good clean setup and it'll be a good interview. I'm sure we'll have a great time. I met Jack at float fest and we hung out and, and bullshitted a bit. And uh, he's a cool guy, real down to earth. So I think it's going to be a great interview, but uh, that's the new stuff that I've got going on. And Hey, Rachel, I see your, your message pop up down there. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me know. We'll figure it out. We can get you figured out on the whole lifetime thing. Uh, I'll message you as soon as I have all the kinks worked out in it. Maybe you can be my Guinea pig. Uh, <laughs> and we'll make sure that, uh, Everything gets taken care of there. So um, speaking of that, I know Rachel bought the USB uh, coffee grinder that I was talking about earlier before I ever had the Amazon affiliate thing. So that was cool. Uh, and she uh, uh, hasn't tried it much yet from what I've read from the chat. Uh, I haven't used it a ton because I still had a bunch of the pre-ground float fest blends from Brian Norton. I finally finished that, but I've been trying, I've been doing his Guatemalan blend uh, off and on and grinding that. So I want to say in, the last probably week and a half, two weeks that I've had that grinder. I charge it up one time for the first day I got it. Like I ran it once then I and put it on charge, charge it up. Since then, I think I've run it five to seven times and it just now started blinking red at me. Still grinds, but it grinds. 
And uh, it, but it's it's warning me it needs to have the battery charged. So heads up if you do like that thing. I I posted the link on one of the previous podcasts. Uh, it's got that affiliate thing. You can follow that if you want to try it out. It seems pretty decent. It grinds slow, but if you get up and you you know you put your beans in it, fire it up, let it go while your bo- water's boiling, go do your thing, get your morning ritual done. It should be done about the time your water's boiled and you're ready to put it in your French press or whatnot. You know, it takes about ten minutes to grind enough for uh, a French press at the concentration I do, and you can adjust the grind. But it's USB charged. It's USB C, so you can charge it in your car, you can charge it with your phone charger, you can charge it anywhere, and it's not very it's not very big, so you can throw it in your backpack, whatever. I like it for that, for if I'm traveling, if I'm going to go on the road, if I'm camping somewhere, I don't have to worry about charging my coffee grinder and I can have fresh ground coffee and my coffee that I bring the whole bean is going to keep its flavor a lot longer than pre-grinding it and taking it on my trip. So it seems like a good solution for that. I've only had it for a couple of weeks, but I've only had to just now charge it after like five to seven uses. I didn't count, but pretty good run for a battery powered thing. So check it out if you like it. Um, I'll keep updating on it. If it craps out on me in like a month or two, I will uh, quit recommending it. But for the little, like I think it was like 25 bucks I spent on it. I like it. You know, um, that said too, I ought to put out a, tell you what, if this stuff that I ordered on Amazon that I recently just put in right before this podcast uh, actually seals up this head gasket, I'm going to put it out with my affiliate link and tell y'all, if you ever have a head gasket problem, buy this shit because that will be like a lifesaver. Um, anyway, that's, that's all the fun, super new updates, uh, and, uh, frustrations that have gone on, but, uh, I figure I should put out some actual content content, something useful. Uh, I think I will, I'm going to talk a little bit though today, just my opinion on if you raise animals yourself, if you are just getting into homesteading, if you're just getting into, uh, you know, thinking about raising and processing your own animals, well, what should you raise? Well, that's a huge, it depends like most things, always a huge, it depends, but there's a lot of ways you can go with it. There's a lot of different, uh, you know, avenues and angles and options. So I think for most folks, if you've got space, if you've got a place, room, a yard, chickens or poultry of some type are probably your best bet to start with. And depending on your climate, rabbits, Now, it depends on your goals. What do you want to do? Do you just want something for eggs? Do you want something for eggs and meat? Do you have space? Are you wanting to tractor them? Are you looking to pen raise? There's a lot of questions. You can get away with quail in an apartment if you really want to. There's no reason you can't homestead, even if your home isn't a homestead that everyone normally thinks of, a a piece of property, a farm. Uh, If you don't have, if you've got a quarter acre, you can probably do something. You could definitely do rabbits, especially if you want to at least partially pellet feed. And you could probably raise a lot of fodder, but a lot depends on your situation. Personally, for me in Texas, it's hot enough for enough of the year. They have problems breeding. Rabbits don't do heat so well. And I have a hard time keeping them penned and, you know, in a place that's cool enough to be able to do anything. And yeah, I see Rachel says in Pennsylvania, rabbits are an easy button choice. Absolutely. If I was living back in Iowa, I would totally be raising rabbits. Absolutely, 100%. They would be so easy to do there. I would have three, four months of the year that I maybe couldn't breed because it was too warm. Too warm. If I've got a cool animal uh, for three months of the year, I'm fine with that. But nine months of the year, I'm not going to raise something that has to live in air conditioning or I have to figure something, you know, goofy for. Yeah, bagging mower for feed. I actually tried that. I had I tried rabbits really hard for like a year when I first got down to Texas. And that was actually the last time I mowed my yard. 
was me bagging uh, clippings for rabbits, you know, because otherwise I've now I've got geese. I don't have grass, uh, too many geese. It's a long story. Anyway, uh, but if, I wish rabbits worked for me because they're excellent. I love eating rabbit meat. It's like a perfect replacement for chicken. They're easier to process than chickens. And you can raise a rabbit in a cage fairly happily and efficiently. There are obviously some frustrations and some stuff there. If you want to know more about rabbits, though, the people to talk to really are going to be Brian over at the Lots Project, Brian Lexovich. Uh, they raised a ton. I think he was saying he, he had like, I don't know, like 50, 60, hundreds. I don't know. They had tons of rabbits at one point. Uh, so they've done a, a bunch. But Nate and Aaron over at Two Chicks Homestead, we were just talking about that in my last episode. And they raise rabbits. And they just got some new rabbits, too, to kind of add to their, their little herd. Uh, whatever you want to call it, their, their rabbit tree, the rabbits all the way up the tree, but yeah, they're, uh, they're a great resource too. And I'm sure they can kind of fill you in more than I can. I have tried. I love the idea, but I have not, uh, sat down there and, and, and really found a way to make it work in my climate. Uh, Rachel, I see she mentions Muscovies. Muscovies are awesome. As long as you are either okay with clipping a bird's wings and still Muscovies will find a way over things or, uh, you're okay with a bird that flies away and leaves and comes back and your neighbors are okay with that too. And sometimes they don't come back. Sometimes they come back a month and a half later with a bunch of babies. You don't know, but they're a great bird. They're super easy to raise. They are super, they're like the honey badgers of birds. They, they grow quick. They're excellent. They taste like beef. It's great. I mean, I could take a Muscovy clip, clip, clip. Yeah. I could take a Muscovy Drake. And just clean up the, the, you know, the, the carcass, take the breast meat. Now he didn't tell you what it was. And I cooked it. You would think it was a lean steak, like a sirloin or a, or a round steak or something like that. Excellent. If I take that whole carcass and I throw it in a crock pot, I cook it. It looks like a roasted chicken, but it tastes like a pot roast. Uh, there's just a darker, richer meat. Um, and they're super easy. They eat so many bugs. I, I, if nothing else, I love having them for the fact that they eat a ton of insects. They hunt for them. They don't eat that much feed. Uh, they got goofy personalities. They look kind of weird, but it grows on you. You know, they, they, they're ugly in an appealing way. <laughs> so they'll, they're great birds. And if you need something that can mother a bird or hatch for you, they will mother the let me try to keep the F-bomb to a minimum. Uh, they will mother the crap out of anything that you give them. They are excellent. I had a, a Muscovy one time that took in some, we had a, a really cold, cold snap one time in Texas. They were out in a tractor, had uh, four or five of its own young. And uh, I covered this tractor up with blankets, put in like a, a bucket with some candles in it for additional heat and everything like that. Uh, but I, I brought a bunch of ducklings that I had that would have gotten too cold that we hatched at the incubator because uh, the power went out. So I took them out and I was like, I hope you can just take care of these. She had 26 ducklings, not all Muscovies, mostly not Muscovies, 26, held them all under her wings, kept them all. Every one of them survived and still it was just a part of the part of the flock, hung out with mama. She just kept them. Just an excellent mother. Then uh, they're all pretty much like that. Uh, they can be a little bit, uh, they can have some attitudes and more like geese in that way, but they are great birds. Uh, they have huge claws, but uh, they're pretty docile. Yeah, I love them. Uh, chickens are another great way to go, though. In a lot of places, if you're in town, you may only be able to raise chickens. Uh, some towns actually have stupid rules and require you to only raise things like chickens. Um, ducks, you think you would be able to get away with 
fairly easily too, but female ducks are loud. So that depends on, depends on your neighbors, you know, the area you're in. Oh, wow. You got lavender muscovies for about 15 a piece near your place, Rachel. Buy some. First of all, I would love some lavender muscovies. They're awesome, cool colors. Um, most of mine are pretty much just a natural wild pattern. Um, I've seen a few lavenders around here and I've always tried to see if I could catch those hens if they were in a public spot, you know, like there's a, a public park nearby here. And I, I know the guy who runs this, uh, this museum that the park's at. And he told me you can come take whatever you want because they've got too many, but, uh, I've never caught any of those lavender hens. Uh, it's such a pretty pattern. 15 though on a Muscovy is a deal. They're not cheap right now. So I would get them if you've got the place to keep them, dude, I love Muscovies. Uh, and right now, this time of year, they are firing eggs out there, but like freaking crazy. So I am getting tons of Muscovy eggs and I love duck eggs. Absolutely love duck eggs better than pretty much any other egg. So there is that. Um, chickens, I think are a great option. Um, quail are a great option. Uh, but you have to decide how you want to raise them, how you're going to source that. Are you going to try to be independent on your feed or not? What are your goals? Are you, if you're okay with feeding something out of a bag, Chicken is probably the easiest solution other than, as we mentioned, rabbits. Uh, but if you've got some property, if you've got some space, um, don't overlook some of the larger livestock like uh, small breed pigs. I mean, large breed pigs, great. If, you, if you've got the space and you're set up for it, just be prepared for dealing with a, you know, a three, 400 pound bulldozer that can lift fence posts out of the ground when things are a little bit wet without much problem. Uh, but I like small breed pigs. Honestly, pot bellies are a great breed to raise for meat. Uh, they are, are a meat breed. They, a lot of people call them Asian heritage hogs. They were raised by the Vietnamese as a small family hog. So you can process it and eat it and consume it in an area without refrigeration and without wasting. Uh, they're very efficient eaters. They're slow growers. They're really good. If you, if you overfeed them, they're really, really, really good at putting on fat. Uh, so if you're looking for a lard pig, that's an excellent option there. So, you know, uh, don't overlook those. And if you can't pasture raise, which I prefer a pasture raised pig, but I don't currently pasture raise my pigs because I don't have the fencing set up or the time to move them. And my schedule is erratic enough that I don't, I can't, you know, can't leave a pig in the same electronet area for too long or the pig not going to stay in there no matter what you do. So I do raise them in a larger pen. And I try to bring them uh, good, clean hay. Uh, they get some some feed supplement. They get scraps. Uh, I've got it set up for them. You know, they got shade. They've got a water source. They can keep their area clean. Um, plenty of room to move around and everything. So it's not like a big confinement type situation. Uh, and I try to keep my stocking density low. Right now, I've only got I've got one pig in a pen, uh, and I don't. I want to rebuild my actual farrowing pens before I bring more in. But I'm so used to having pigs here. I love having pigs around. I don't want to let him go. He's needed to be processed for about a year. But I don't want to let him go until I have some other pigs. Because I always feel like if I throw some leftovers in the fridge and they go bad, well, I just wasted that. I could turn it into bacon now. You know, nothing goes to waste. Heck, if something happens, uh, you know, uh, a fox grabs a chicken and I shoot the fox, I'll get the fox and the chicken straight to the pig too. And yes, I know. You're not supposed to feed meat to your pigs. Uh, I This is for personal consumption. I'm not worried about it. I've never had a problem with it, and the pigs love it. So it is what it is. But I don't overlook pigs. If you're in an area where you don't have to worry so much about neighbors complaining because they smell a pig or things like that, they're a great animal to be able to raise, and they're super efficient, and they're a great source of animal fats, which are – fat is one of the hardest things you can produce yourself on a homestead, you know, and – 
the more we learn, the more we find out that vegetable fats and seed, you know, grain fats are not the greatest thing for us. And they're also require a lot of stuff. you got to raise acres and acres of shit and then have a press to be able to make this oil. You kill a pig, there's oil everywhere, you know, and it's, uh, it's taking all those things that you normally wouldn't consume or would have to throw away and converting it into something efficient and useful for you and your, your family. Um, another thing to look at are browsers like goats and grazers like sheep. If you've got a lot of weeds to clean up, you know, if you've got a lot of uh, underbrush or uh, you've got some fodder trees or trees that could become fodder trees, like I've got a ton of uh, mimosa, mulberries, things like that. They'll, I've got one, he'll eat on the oaks and stuff a little bit here and there, just a leaf or two, but it's their natural way of worming themselves. Uh, they're great for that, but you've also got to deal with having a goat. So you may want a couple of them so they don't scream all day because they're lonely. Goats like company. Goats love to climb on things. They're excellent at climbing on things. You wouldn't think a four-legged hoofed creature could climb as well as they do. They can climb better than any of us ever could. They can climb better than a cat. They will get on shit. You, you Don't be surprised to come out and find a goat on top of the chimney of your house. They will find a way to get up there and maybe find a way to get down. Um, good luck fencing them, you know, so... If that's not a problem in your home and you can babysit them and deal with them, good on you. Um, sheep are a lot easier to handle. I've not raised them myself. I know some folks that do. Uh, and they're excellent, uh, if, especially if you go with one of the hair sheep breeds, like uh, for meat specifically. You don't have to deal with the wool. If you have a wool sheep, you've got to trim it. You've got to shear that thing. There is no if, ands, or buts. The animal will get sick and die if you don't. They are bred to grow hair at a thick rate, and it's going to be a useless mat of infections if you don't trim them. The hair sheep do not grow that same amount. They will naturally shed. You can raise them just for meat. And uh, if you've got pasture land or working on pasture land, get those things on there. They're uh, like a miniature cow. So, yeah, Nicole Sauce had some goats on her roof. Uh, Rachel says, yes, absolutely. I believe that I have seen goats on top of things that you shouldn't ever see an animal on top of. I've seen goats get on top of things I've never seen a Muscovy on. So I am not a huge goat fan. Um, I love them for meat. I love for what, them for what they do. I don't like managing goats, but to each their own. I have one or two I keep around for cleaning up areas of the yard that, uh, that you know, get overgrown with weeds that the geese don't want to eat. So... They're, they have their uses, but uh, there's one I threaten daily to uh, making the sausage. It just hasn't happened yet. So uh, I would break some people's hearts. They uh, kind of turned it into a pet. So, you know, it is what it is, though. Uh, but anyway, that'd be my suggestions for things to start with for people. But I wouldn't go out and get goats, sheep, pigs or anything like that if you've never raised anything else before. I would start with something small like poultry, rabbits, um, you know, quail or whatnot, things like that. I mean, quail are obviously poultry, but they're a little bit different category than something like chickens or ducks. It's, it's an easy entry point and start learning about that. Start making the mistakes and understand what it's going to take. Cause it is a commitment. You've got to be there every day or you got to have someone there every day, no matter what you do, you can't really automate taking care of these animals. I mean, maybe if you really get it down, you can figure out a way to keep them alive for a couple days or something like that while you're gone. But somebody has got to babysit this stuff. So it's a commitment. I think it's worth it, but don't go all in, you know, with both feet right off the bat. That'd be my, uh, my big suggestion for you. So that's my opinion on small livestock. Uh, I want to kind of get more into some of the, the meat and bones of the processing stuff. Uh, yes. Pun very intended, uh, as we go forward, but I'm also thinking about adding to some of these streams, uh, a different little, uh, 
segment and I'd like to get some, you know, involvement from y'all if you're interested in this too. Um, we talk about raising this stuff. We talk about processing this stuff. We should also talk about ways to use it, you know, at a cooking segment here. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit, I don't have a recipe for you today, but I'm going to talk a little bit about how I cook a steak. Um, my preferred way. I can cook a steak a lot of different ways. In fact, I cooked one the other night on a pizza oven just to try it and see if it could work. And it turned out really good if you know what you're doing. Um, I always grew up just steaks had to be grilled. And it's an excellent way for it. Just, I mean, a ribeye on the grill is hard to beat it. Um, you know, good old filet mignon, but it depends on the type of steak. But anymore, most grilling steaks or, you know, broiling steaks, I prefer the uh, the French method. I've experimented and I've done a lot of playing back and forth. And the way that I do it now is kind of my default for steak, unless it's a, a tougher, leaner cut, like a round steak, where it's going to be better for a slow cook or tenderize and chicken fry type thing. Um, for, but for like a ribeye, New York strip, uh, tenderloin, um, hanger steaks, oyster steaks, things like that, chuck eyes. My preferred method is if I've got the time, I'll, I will smoke it. I have cool smoke. Like while I'm cold smoking some sausage or something like that, I'll throw it in if I'm thinking about it. It's not necessary, but it's nice to infuse that smoke flavor into the meat before you really do the full cook. And if that's, as that's the case, I'll get it before it gets too hot. Cause my cold smoke still is like 120, 140 degrees. Don't let it get too hot. Let it sit for maybe 20, 30 minutes in that cool smoke, pull it out, refrigerate it, cool it back down. Uh, then I will get either a grill blazing hot or a cast iron pan super hot, like 450, 500 degrees with a high temp oil. Guess what the best high temp oil is? Beef tallow, rendered beef tallow. So I go in and I sear all those sides, get just enough to get that nice crisp, not to burn it, but get like 30 seconds aside. Sear it. When you go flip it that last side, kill your heat. I just kill it. That cast iron pan is going to hold a lot of heat. And I go in with, with some butter. I prefer European sweet, sweet cream butter, but any butter will work. You could do another fat if you wanted to. You want to add some more beef tallow, some pork lard. You want to add something else, uh, whatever. You add some sort of a fat, and then you add your aromatics. Like uh, I personally like thyme and rosemary. Sometimes I throw on some sage, uh, maybe a couple of crushed garlic cloves, and uh, just toss them in there. Let them start cooking in that oil, and you're going to take a spoon or you know, and, and, and sit there and baste that steak. Um, another thing I'll do sometimes if I don't want to get a spoon dirty, I've already got tongs out to flip the steak and everything. I just grab my, if I've got fresh rosemary and thyme, I grab those oils or that those herbs that I put in the oil. And I use those to basically base to brush constantly all around on that steak. Um, and I flip it a couple times and I base the other side, flip it a couple times, base that side. And as that pan cools, it's not searing that steak is continuing to cook it and get it to your doneness. I like about 135 on a ribeye. I like my stuff about medium rare, uh, medium at most. I'll eat it straight up blue rare, depending on the cut, but cook it to your doneness. If you like it well done, you probably should just quit following this podcast right now because you have terrible taste in meat and no, never mind. You should watch, educate, learn, learn to love meat. <laughs> Uh, but please, please don't overcook your steak. Cause that's probably why you have to use uh, steak sauce and things like that to add flavor and moisture back to it. You shouldn't need anything like that on a good steak. So once you have that, uh, that fully basted and you get it done to that, the doneness of your choice, you can use a meat, pro meat probe. You can go by the feel of the steak. You can kind of go by what your ancestors tell you, however you want to do it, pull that out, throw it on a cutting board, let it rest at least as long as you cooked it. 
you know, this usually is about a 10 minute process for me. So I usually rest it for 10 to 15 minutes and the, no, your steak's not going to get cold. You can take it and cover it up with like a mixing bowl or something upside down. Just keep that, that heat retention. If you're outside, you want to keep flies off, anything like that. That's fine. But yes, Rachel says medium rare. Excellent. Please keep it that way. <laughs> oh Lord. People, I, I, I've, I've known so many people who always grew up not really liking steak because you know, their, their parent, Always did it full, well done, maybe even more well done than that because they're afraid of the blood in the meat. No, no, that's not, uh, that's not a thing. Blood is not in the meat. That's myoglobin. It's protein in water. It's where the flavor, it's where the moisture comes from. Don't cook it out, please. Uh, it's not going to hurt you. That, that steak is cooked. It is safe. Please, please stop murdering your meat. Uh, but then, you know, these folks who have never had a steak cooked the right way, they try some. I'll do pretty much cook this way. And it it's like life changing for them. Holy crap. This is awesome. How'd you do this? Well, that's what a steak's supposed to be like. So uh, this is a, a method that a ton of uh, professional chefs use. And it's a solid, solid way to cook a steak. And it's a great way to do other stuff. You can do it with pork chops. You can do it with chicken breasts. You know, obviously you probably should cook your chicken breasts a little bit more well done, but they cook a lot faster. I've even done it with thick cuts of fish. You know, you've got to obviously reduce the time for the meat, but man, it's a great way to be able to, cause you get, you sear, you get that uh, Maillard reaction uh, where basically that you caramelize the outside of that, uh, that meat and it adds a ton of flavor. It doesn't seal in the juices. That's a myth as far as the searing, uh, but it does add a bunch of flavor. It changes the chemical construct of the outside of the meat. But anyway, once you have that thing rested, go ahead, slice it up. I like to just go ahead and slice it on the cutting board. I'll cut it. If it's bone in steak, I cut that bone out right there. Uh, I slice it thin. I lay it out on a plate if I want to get fancy or whatnot. Sometimes you get a little bit of that coarse finishing salt, toss it on there. If you want some more seasoning, you want some hot sauce, whatever, toss it on there. Your preference. Uh, one thing I've been doing lately a lot because I've got a ton of goose eggs. I'll fry up a goose egg, leave it runny, yolk in the center. And I like to dip steak in that yolk. Man, it's great. Some people think that's gross. It's rich as hell. I, I enjoy it. So try it if you like uh, anything like that. I mean, even if you don't, you know, worst case scenario, you, you waste an egg. So uh, that's how I cook a steak. Now, how do you guys cook a steak? Go ahead and answer me if you can in Telegram, in comments or whatnot. If you've got some ideas, let me know. If uh, you can cook a steak way better than me, tell me about it. We might have you on the show. We can we can go back and debate it. Uh, but if you were at Float Fest, you probably got a chance to try. Well, maybe if you're one of a few lucky people, you got a chance to try some of the steaks that I cooked up there. And uh, nobody threw it back at me. So we'll go with that. Uh, it's a great way, by the way, too, to do things like venison backstrap. I cook that in six inch sections, like a steak, cook it like a ribeye. You will never go back to chicken frying it. It's, it's, it's perfect. It is like the perfect meat to cook this way. So just some ideas. Um, but what do you guys want to hear about? Do you guys have a recipe that you love a meat related, preferably recipe? I mean, all recipes are great, but if you have a recipe for a certain type of meat thing, it's a family thing you do different than everybody else. I want to hear about it. So get a hold with me. You can find me, all my social media stuff at live.libertymeat.solutions. Um, you can find me on Telegram most of the time. We've got the Liberty Meat Chat. If you're not the Liberty Meat Chat, go ahead and find it. Uh, T.me slash Liberty Meat Chat. If it, you can't get right in there, message me. We'll send you an invite link, get you in there. It's grown like crazy. We've got, I don't even know how many people do we have in this thing now. 
Um, and it's been busy as heck, but the last couple of days I've, I have slacked off. So it's kind of 50 people now, 50 people in less than a couple of weeks. Uh, that's a, a big chat. There's a lot of uh, established podcasts going to have less people in them than that, uh, even though it's not super active right now. I need to get in there and get some more content put out. And that's on me. So thank you guys for hanging in there. Sorry I've been as quiet as I have been. I've been kind of dealing with it lately, but hopefully that's clearing up and uh, we'll get things back on track. Uh, I'm pushing an hour on this uh, this little ramble. So I'm going to try to keep it under that, get a few things done, check all my data connections, uh, maybe get hardwired into this so I have a better connection for the after party and uh, just kind of chill out for a bit, get myself together. And uh, hopefully by the time the after party's done, that car is cooled all the way back down so I can do another heat and cool cycle on it to hopefully really set this stuff. And and like I said, fingers crossed that it's uh, it's good to go because that'll uh, be the difference between uh, a whole weekend blown or not. Uh, blown like a head gasket. <sighs> but that's life, right? All we can do is keep on keeping on and just uh, play the hands we're dealt. So, hey, speaking of play the hands we're dealt, uh, I've got poker cards now you can buy for merch. It's got uh, that on it. And it's got the uh, Liberty Meat Solutions logo as well on the back of the cards. So if you really want to play, if you're going to a festival or something like that this year and you're hanging out and you want to feel like bragging about this dude who talks about meat on a podcast and home processing, or, you know, you want to kind of, you know, help support a seasoning blend that's going to be, you know, launched mostly by cryptocurrency and, you know, has you guys all involved and you get to know the guy who's, you know, making these recipes. Well, that's a great way to do it. Go check out some of that shit. Go buy a shirt. Go buy a shirt like that. Go buy a koozie. But I'm also going to try to add in some fun stuff. So I think people who buy in the membership program, there's a good chance you're going to at least get one of these. And that's going to be like the bottom, bottom rung people. So, oh yeah. And it's got a QR code on the back too. I don't know if that'll even read. It's, it's on around its surface. So, but it was there. Um, but for like $25, I'm definitely going to throw koozies in. Uh, probably once I send the seasoning out, it'll go with them. But uh, like that lifetime package, you're, you're going to get more than just like a couple packages of seasoning, a discount and a koozie. You're probably getting something a little bit uh, more, you know, pricey. So, oh, Rachel says she has geese. Yes, geese are good. And you know what? If you're into eating geese, they are uh, geese. What did she say? Yeah, I saw. I could tell what you meant, geese. Uh, but. Geese are actually a pretty good livestock for uh, producing meat. They just grow on grass, but they tell you, they have a personality. They're personable. They're, they're a lot more personable than pretty much most other livestock. I mean, Muscovies can be too. Pigs can be too. It's, just, it's a lot harder to kill a goose. And it's a lot easier for people who are helping you, people who are around, family members, things like that. Yeah, they turn them into pets. And you're going to be the bad guy if you end up processing one of the very many named animals that comes up and, you know, eats out of your hand and acts like a puppy dog. So, uh, yeah, be, beware with geese. They, uh, are a lot easier to get attached to or others you're close to to get attached to than, uh, than say a chicken. So you may end up having them forever and geese live a long time. Um, they've been known to live like 75 years. I think average lifespan is like 20, 30 years. So it's, it's, it's like getting a parrot. They're, I love them. They're great animals. Just, yeah, they can be a lot at times. So I do enjoy them though. And uh, I, I enjoy goose eggs quite a bit. So oddly enough, 
like, okay, laying season was about done this year because they mostly are seasonal layers and they don't do the Texas heat. And I've got a couple that just decided the last uh, couple days, oh, I'm going to start firing out butt nuggets. What? Okay, it's June and it's hot as shit. It's like 98 degrees outside and you're laying. Okay, I'll eat it. <laughs> I don't let them hatch anymore because I have said we are not allowed any more geese. Because I already know any new geese that show up don't ever go anywhere. They don't get eaten. They stick around. They live forever. And I have to feed them and I have to pay to feed them. So no moss, no moss goose. Um, that said, I need to wrap this up, get a few things done, get ready for the after party. Hopefully see y'all come hang out, come bullshit. We'll have uh, all the random talking heads there. And uh, hopefully my connection stays and works. And if it doesn't, then, eh, you know, whatever, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll watch, you know. All right. Hang in there, folks. Thanks for tuning in with me. I uh, appreciate y'all dealing with the uh, the tech time with Josh. <laughs> And uh, for the Rachel, thanks for all the input in the comments here. And uh, like I said, I'll let you know when I get everything nailed out with that membership type thing. And if you're interested, we'll uh, we'll make sure we get it going. All right. We'll catch up with you all in the chat and uh, we'll see you all on the after party. Have a good one and be free.